gentlemen, welcome back to College Football Tailgates. Today is August 23rd, 2021. I'm your host, Will Chambers. With me as always, Tyler Waldie, professional better. Tyler, say hello. Hello. Producer Smitty in the house. What's up, Will? How we doing? Good, man. How are you? Good. And uh, so when you just say, say hello for me, direct. Say and then you ask Ryan hello. How he, you give Ryan the floor. Tyler. For me. Tyler, say hello. Tyler will speak when spoken to. Yeah, it feels <laughs> how it is these days. Uh, yeah, look. Football is back, boys. Yeah, we're it's back, here for it's sure. Here. We're back. Round of applause. We have football. All right. All right. We have football this week. Week zero. Tyler's favorite week. Tower's favorite thing in the whole world. We're tearing world. it up this week. I'm coming with a vengeance for Week Zero. Week Zero has gotten to be long enough. Why not just uh, make a little cash during Week Zero? So I've, oh, got okay. th- I've got three bets for the audience. So for anyone who says, hey, football's not really back for a week, I say that's not true. I've got three best bets for this weekend coming up. All right. Nice. Tyler's turning yes. around on I've week turned zero. it around, yes. So Tyler's now pro week zero. I'm pro week zero. See, okay. Sometimes, Will, you can grow, you can learn, mm. and when there's games available, you can bet on them. I see. Well, in the politics world, we call that flip-flopping. That's political <laughs> suicide. Okay? You can't do yeah, that. Maybe you got to stand, stand your ground. Okay? I can see your feet. Because <laughs> Yeah, we got football this week. Uh, we got I'm week excited, zero. man. I'm so ready for it. It's been... It feels like... Uh, Every, you know, show we've done so far, it's talking about it. It's kind of getting hyped, but now it's actually here. Only a couple days till we've got some actual... And look, uh, Nebraska, Illinois, even it's a good game. Hawaii, UCLA, it's going to be some good football. Yeah, so, for sure. And yeah. I have a personal uh, dilemma. This is like a major oh, awful thing going on is that I move on Saturday. Oh, no. Yeah. So no. I'm moving into a new apartment. Okay. And, uh, you know, it, that was so the move-in So what's new apartment? Day. What's your exact address? Uh, well, <laughs> here, all right, everyone get your pens and pencils. No, I'm not giving out my address, but I will give you all my social security number. <laughs> uh, no, look, it sucks. I'm moving that day. I will be able to probably watch, you know, a little bit on my phone. Um, this is the first year I'm hiring movers. I'm like a big boy now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hiring movers. It's so worth it, dude. No, yeah. Just, I can't wait. Just move. So, yeah. I, I went the route of I've moved so many times times that literally the last time i moved i think i had to move a mattress a dresser and my clothes and that was it oh <laughs> that's a great feeling yeah i mean look i only hired them for two hours and they're just gonna get all my big stuff and then maybe some yeah. boxes but i don't have that much stuff it's a one-bedroom apartment you know it's just me and my me and myself in the one-bedroom apartment but that's, uh, that's, uh i'm pumped because i'm my place now is like on a third floor apartment complex right there's no elevator. So when I moved in, my brother helped me. And I remember on moving day, he was like, I'm not helping you next year. <laughs> I'm not helping you when you move out of this place. So hire movers. And I was like, okay. You know, it's like a few hundred bucks. It's totally worth it. Well, I mean, that sucks for sure. At least you're getting some help though. Yeah. But and yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch the replays of the games on Sunday. All right. So I'm actually, I feel for you because my sister's wedding is on freaking Saturday. Oh, dude. Yeah, I know. So I'm like, why would you, What what's going on with scheduling the weddings? Fall late? Saturdays. I don't People get it. do that all the time. <laughs> why? I don't, if I, well, have it in summer, have it in the spring, yep. have it outside of football season. Thank you. It's week zero. I want to be watching these games. So, yeah, it's, it's Lauren's wedding. Hey, at least it's week zero. And congratulations, too, by the way, to mm-hmm. uh, to your sister. I'm officiating the damn thing. Are you really? Yeah. So I'm going to show wow. up in a referee thing, right? Because I'm officiating <laughs> a it. A whistle? Yeah, exactly. You're going to throw a flag yeah. when someone objects? <laughs> you're, you're late for <laughs> your shift have an objection? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it should be something That's cool. Else. I have a wedding to go to this year, too, a friend. So uh, I'm really bummed. That Is it on like, a Saturday? It's on a fall Saturday. <laughs> See? It's right at, in the beginning of October. And I looked at the schedule, and there's some big games that, that weekend. It sucks. You know, I try to tell, like, I, I tell my family all the time, I'm like, don't, don't, uh, 
schedule stuff for fall Saturdays. Okay, but is it a faux pas to have the phone out watching on the lap? It depends on where you're sitting. If you're in the front row, yes. Right. If you're the if you're officiating, yes. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do that. I have an earphone in. If you're hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, first down. As All long right, as so you can keep your shit together and you don't like throw a crazy fist pump, you know, when uh, when you cover the spread or you, like the sound doesn't all of a sudden come on, then I think you're fine. You just got to be, look, you got to be a little uh, sly about it. Yeah. That's what I would say. I, I'm usually not sly with those kind of things, mm. though. Here's what you do. You I get like a bouquet of flowers and you look like you're holding it and <laughs> Ooh, the phone is like in the flowers. That's some James Bond that's shit. That's what I would right do. Or do you have to hold a Bible? Uh, no. Oh. Why? Well, get a book, cut a little there out of the go. pages. Uh, Andy for Dufresne. Your Andy Dufresne style. There you go. I yeah. could just like bring a Bible. Just say, hey, let's make this thing uh, spicy. Well, don't there do it go. to the word of God. <laughs> no, no. We'll say... Uh, yeah, it's just something yeah. to put your... Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, Almanac. you're going to have notes, right? You're probably going to have like Almanac. a piece of paper to read from, or are you just going to freestyle this whole thing? No, I'm probably going to have a paper. Yeah, so you put the phone right there and no one can notice. <laughs> so wait, when you say freestyle it, do you mean like uh, wrap it? No, I just mean like off the top of your head, you uh, know, like you're just you're just okay. going out there. Back in the day, I could word. I put some some rhymes together. You could I, spit. Bars. I remember I a couple some bars back in. I remember the day. a couple nights when we used to uh, have a couple of soda pops and, uh-huh. and do some okay. freestyle okay. raps. Enough about us. I have a really exciting news, guys. Okay, really exciting news. I have a celebrity sighting from this last week. <laughs> oh a God. real celebrity sighting in Denver, Colorado. I saw Larry David drawing no, a... No, you did not. Yes, I did. <laughs> I saw Larry David driving a VW Golf. No, And he was didn't. right behind me on a very busy street. So you saw him in the mirror. Because I saw him in the mirror, yes. This is all... But yeah. look, I had two red lights to get good looks. And I even windshield wiped my back windshield to mm-hmm. make it extra clean. It was fucking Larry David. I promise you. I bet a hundred bucks it was Larry David. What's Larry David doing in Denver in a Volkswagen? I'm not Golf here to answer those questions. I'm not here to answer those There's questions. Zero. I, chance I had a that celebrity sighting. Car. I had a celebrity sighting. I wanted to to pull over and ask for a quote for College Football Tailgate. I know he's a football fan, but he looked like he was Is in a he? hurry. Yeah, he had said he would be a really good coordinator. Is what he said. <laughs> But uh, either way, I saw Larry David driving a VW Golf. What year? He was actually... What year was the Golf? Yeah, it's like I'm a 2004. With, I'm not good with <laughs> that. I don't know. It's I got like know. mismatching side panels. Yeah. No, it was well taken it's care of. Hail damage. And look, maybe he hit... Here's, here's what I think happened. I think he rented a car like from DIA, the airport, or, oh. or somewhere at the airport. And there was a, and there was a mix-up. No. So There's his car was gone. For rental cars. His car was gone. They gave him the VW Golf, and he's driving around trying to find his way through Denver, Colorado. So uh, I saw Larry David. I don't care what you guys say, and I'm taking that as uh, one of the first celebrity sightings on the show. My question so. is, why would Larry David be driving himself? We're, we're trying you. to poke holes in this. You... you well, is that your audio? Yeah, God sorry, my it. computer just went off, Unbelievable. guys. Yeah, sorry, guys. Real professional, unprofessional. Here, folks. Guys, unprofessional. stop trying to poke holes in the story. Just accept <laughs> it for what it is. I saw Larry David driving a VW Golf. All right. Okay. Tyler is officially seeing things, and that's the first sign of the deterioration of his mind. Uh, <laughs> we'll see okay. how deteriorated my mind is when I win the third bet board year in a row. Yeah, I mean third. I'm coming for you, Will. Yeah. Well I hope we get a couple games this week. I can say you're two and oh. I hope we get a couple games this week. I do. They have been close. You know, look, it's been it's it's a rivalry. We can say that. Thirty three, 
thirty and two is a total record. Yeah, and uh, what I can tell you is those three wins that you have that are more than mine were all bad beats. You for know me, what's funny? You know? Every win he has, he's a genius. Every loss he has, <laughs> it's, it's a bad, bad beat. beat. It's yep. always, of every it single fucking time, Look, man. This is what you do when you're a responsible gambler. <laughs> it's always a bad beat if you lose. Right, let's get into it's it. Let's go. Fault. We got some football. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. We got uh, college football news. We're going to be doing our SEC breakdown today. Uh, Tower's got a game for us. And, of course, it's week zero. We've got some lines to give out, some best bets. So uh, we got a lot to get into. So college football news. We talked about it last week, the rumors of the alliance between the Big, the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12. It's now official. Uh, they basically said that they're going to come out and announce it soon. It may be more than just scheduling. The, the uh, Penn State athletic director came out and said it's about more than just money. And my favorite thing is I saw Paul Feinbaum came out and he called it embarrassing. Okay, well, Paul, Paul Feinbaum, I mean, he's always going to shit on everyone besides the SEC. Exactly. And uh, to back to the, what was it, the Penn State president or the AD or who was it? It was from? the Penn State athletic director. Okay, so the Penn State AD. Whenever they say it's not about money, it's, always about of course it's it usually about yeah. one thing. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> well, she said it's, it's about more than money, which means it's about money, and then we can say it's about this too, right? Yeah, so. exactly. Money brings everything else that they want to get excited yeah. about. But this is what we talked about last week. I think this is the uh, 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 bigger picture issue where they're looking at TV deals, yep. generating massive revenue that way. Yep. And I mean, I honestly don't blame them. My thing is still, what are they going to do? I mean, what's this alliance really going to accomplish if a team wants to leave their going to leave but this probably isn't necessarily about keeping teams tight it is probably about tv and deals and money moving forward yeah but think about this again i don't blame them because if you think about the structure right now of college football and who's running the show espn owns and runs the sec right the sec is getting bigger espn's airing all this stuff we're getting to a point where this is going to be a monopoly where espn and the sec are just running they everything. kind of already are when the, when all this conference realignment stuff the big 12 uh came out and sent a cease and desist letter to the to the espn right. saying you're actively basically telling the big 12 schools that they have to leave now because it's in your your best interest for all these teams to join the sec so now they're saying it's not going to be till 2026 yeah until or 25 or, yeah one of those years it, i heard 2026 but around there right one of those years Oklahoma join. No, no 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 when we go to 12 teams oh right well we, but that's perfect because that's right when that should be when texas and oklahoma are leaving but I think Texas know you were going to go a lot faster than that. Maybe. Should, we, should we get an over-under? We don't have to make this a bet board thing, mm. but just for fun. So what we, would you put the over-under at? I'd put it at, I'd put it at one and a half years. I think this year, so well, inclu- including this year, two and a half. I would put it, I, if, I mean, if I'm, I, I would just say over-under is 2023. I don't know. I think they're going to be going a lot faster than that. Maybe. I think they're going to cut ties, get over there quickly. But if, if the the playoff isn't expanded, what's the incentive to? Besides, just yeah, they're going to make uh, you know some more uh, some more money. But you know, this way they can go out with a bang. They can win a couple more you know Big Twelve championships. Oklahoma. I can. think they're going to get there as soon as they can. You yeah. know, despite anything else, I think that OU Texas are going to want want to get there as soon as they can. Yeah, you're probably right. Sure. So, but we'll see. But now the you know the thing that does suck is we're looking at four teams. Now for the next several years, when yeah. without all this SEC stuff, we could have looked at a twelve-team expansion in the next couple of years. I think this has delayed mm. 
that whole issue. And I'm not saying oh, really? it was inevitable. I'm not saying, but w- the legislation would have been so much easier because there's nothing in the way with it. With with college mm. football being calm waters, and there's not a whole lot going on. No, you and Texas are fine. It's like okay, if we want 12 teams, let's see. You know, they could move that along. There's nothing keeping that from moving that along in just a couple of years. Now it's a much much bigger issue. So see, I was, because of this stuff, it's I, a problem. Yeah, I was kind of looking at it differently. Because, I mean, they announced the 12 team thing first, and now. The, at least the way I'd been looking at it was that actually creates incentive for them to get the 12 team playoff off the ground sooner because they want those teams. But to be here's showcased. the thing. That's true in terms of football. And I agree with you. Like if me and you were running stuff, right. that's what we would want because for football, it's the best. And if you're the Pac-12 or ACC or Big Ten, you want more spots for your team. Yeah. But everyone's just worried about money right now. Yep. And the Pac-12, ACC, and Big Ten are worried that, again, ESPN, who airs the college football playoffs and runs all those shows, I mean, they run college football right now. ESPN does. Yep. And so the further along they can go to where they negotiate a new deal to where Fox gets involved, maybe even like an Apple TV or like a Hulu or something like that. And, you know, in, in a couple yeah. years gets involved Ooh. and really drives the price up. So it's not just ESPN. So I think this is some stall. I think it's a waiting game by these conferences to get to that negotiation point to where it's not just ESPN running everything. Right. Yeah, well, so I think this is such a, a, a money issue for sure. And I'm glad you mentioned like the Hulu and, uh, you know, whatever the streaming services, Amazon, because I, I meant to, to bring this up, but I forgot to put it in my notes is that we're kind of already seeing that because what got announced this year is that, you know, obviously ESPN plus has their own streaming thing and they're like tied in with the ACC network. And so every last year, there were a bunch of games where you couldn't watch the certain ACC games unless you had the ACC network or ESPN plus or whatever. Now, if you're a smart person like us, you find ways around that. Don't include me there. I would never, I would never uh, encourage anyone to break the law. Of <laughs> course, all you telecom people listening out there, we we love you, but there are certain ways that certain people might know how to watch certain games. But Notre Dame this year, I think a lot it's of certains and allegedly's. Certains, allegedly's. <laughs> you know, people. Uh, yeah, look, Notre Dame. I think it's their week one game. It's not a big game. They announced that, that game will only be streaming on Peacock because they've, for the uh, longest time, had to deal with NBC, okay. right? So mm-hmm. before uh, Peacock is great. I love what they offer. You got some dude good shows. Dan yeah. Patrick is on Peacock. Yep. But all the other ones, you can come up with a good net uh, with a good nickname, right? Yeah. Netflix the is the flips and the the flicks. Uh, you know, Hulu. Does anyone call it the flicks? I call it the flicks. <laughs> Hulu. Hulu. It was a long pandemic. <laughs> Hulu is the Lou, right? Peacock. You can't come up with a good one. I'm right. in a loo. <laughs> no. The cock. You call it the cock. You call it the cock. Yeah. That's that would be the nickname. It's on the cock. So it's Notre Dame is playing inviting. a game exclusively on Peacock. <laughs> and by the way, no one like Peacock has got to be like one of the lowest rung of all the streaming. But they're services, brand new, right? man. Give them a break. I know, but like that sucks. If if that's the future for college football, is that you have to have all the streaming things in order to watch certain games, as yeah. opposed to like it just being on NBC, which normally means anyone with a fucking you know old school TV and a digital antenna can watch Notre Dame games. That's why they've had one of the biggest brands in college football for the longest time. They were the first team, on I NBC. believe, to have the nationally televised games all year long. Yeah, and, so, and now they're going the opposite way to try to sell subscri- you know subscriptions to well, Peacock. P- Peacock's it's non-subscription, I don't think. No, it it's, is. It's free, isn't it? No, it started free and now it's not. It's now mm-hmm. it's just like all the other ones. It's a subscription service. Okay. 
Okay. See, I'm a part of it. Apparently, they're getting how much is it a month? See, this well, is what I do. I like sign $10 up for these a month. Things. Yeah, I think it's like twelve or thirteen bucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's all part they got of you. the part of the bundle. They got I just you. Throw it all in. You're a sucker. I know. Well, I have to have access to all these games to watch oh, I, everything well, that's on. But see, what I'm saying is, certain peoples know certain ways <laughs> to get access to certain websites. Uh, the, cock. the dark web. You know, yeah. you ever heard of that? Um, I actually haven't, and maybe we should. <laughs> Try and get on the dark web. So not on that no, computer. No. Don't do it on that. Yeah, I don't think we should be on the dark no. web. No. I mean, what are we? What, what, what are we? Gonna, what are we going to do on the dark web? Cause order some ruckus. hits on. on I don't know what podcasts. the dark web is. <laughs> oh, it's like you know, it's it's like anonymous internet. It's like where people used to be able to go and like you could buy drugs or sell you know horrible things, or you could like order hits from hitmen on mm. on the dark web. Okay. Yeah, so kinda, let's, I, I don't know if we should go on there. I don't think we should touch that. Yeah, get your new kidney, get your new liver. I mean, heart. that could be nice. Okay, couple, for organs. Couple organs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the case. Yeah, we might need that. So mm. look, just, just don't I, go cheap on the organs. I just don't like that games are going to be <laughs> on like streaming only. only. I mean, how much would it suck <laughs> if like Alabama was like, if you want to watch the Iron Bowl, you have to have you know. SEC Plus or whatever. You know right. what I mean? That I mean, would be stupid. But I think the Big 12 was heading there with Texas. You have to have Texas' The Longhorn Network, yes. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully like that, that goes away when they move to the SEC, I pray. Yeah. So, um, I pray. other stuff in college football news. Have you guys been paying attention to the stuff with Nebraska and Scott Frost <laughs> and the uh, allegations of misconduct? <laughs> this one's pretty interesting because what it actually looks like is that uh, uh, so they hired a new athletic director. So the guy that hired Scott Frost is not there anymore. Mm. And what happened is it got leaked to ESPN. It sounds like the school leaked it. And basically what they're doing is they're leaking that there may be in, infractions during the uh, the COVID you know, period as far as uh, I, I think it's like coaches that aren't supposed to have like it's it's like analyst coaches that aren't supposed to have access to the players on field. Right. And they ha- and the story came out and it said the university has video evidence that these analysts were working with players with Scott Frost's knowledge. And it's like, well, why would the university say that they have video evidence? And what uh, I, it was Rick Neuheisel on one of the Fox shows. He basically came out and said Nebraska is posturing. To the point where they're leaking this so that if this year goes bad, they can fire him without cause. Shut up. Because he just got extended and they don't want his buyout is like $20 million. Wow. So they want to be able to fire him with cause. So they're leaking it. And then Scott Frost got interviewed uh, for the preseason and he basically said, you know, uh, he said, we've checked our athletic department. Like he basically turned it back on the school. He's like, the athletic department. Uh, you know, they, they checked to make sure all this stuff was good and they're being investigated now. That's great when you're going back and forth with the university you work yeah. for. I know. That's always man. a good sign. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to be very transparent about this. I'm a Colorado fan and for as many people listening, you know, who may be saying, oh, Colorado, Nebraska, that's not a real rivalry. Screw you. I think it's a real rivalry. Okay. It's been yeah. a real rivalry for a while. I hate Nebraska. I hate a lot about the Cornhuskers. And so look, as a college football fan, you guys understand it. It's part of the the rivalries. It's part of how I feel. And so I don't mind seeing this at all. You know, I right. I like it. You Disruption. Know? I'm not I'm I I like it. Counterpoint so, though. At least because it's nothing like uh like sexual harassment or anything no, no, horrible no. like that, right? It's something just to where he was an idiot, they broke the rules and allegedly. It make, and it makes me very happy. Well so. look, but you I think you'd be happier 
if they kept Scott Frost around. He hasn't been doing very well, right? So maybe this isn't good news for you, Tyler. Maybe they get a new coach. In yeah, there. I don't mind beating maybe that they pretty hire... boy. And every time we see him beating the brains off that <laughs> what if blonde they, haired, what, what if they hire boy. Nick Saban? You know, what if Nick Saban decides I want to go? No, you're right. Cornfield, right? For I mean, while. keep Scott Frost there. All the hype you get. He's like a he's like a a cake that's that you kind of dive into and it's hollow. It's like a cake that's meant for a stripper to jump out of, but there's no stripper inside the cake. Mm. So you get in and you realize it's just hollow. It's just a It cave. looked really good. It looked like this big delicious cake, but there's nothing inside. So that's kind of Scott Frost as a coach. You want that He's stripper a stripperless <laughs> stripper cake, yes. Stripperless stripper cake. That is a brilliant... There you go. That's yeah, what you get on college tailgate. I love yeah. that, yeah. Mm. Colin Cowherd would never. <laughs> um, you know yeah. I'm going to get you for your birthday now? What's that? A cake that looks like scott frost that will have a stripper in it. oh yeah. god if you give me a scott frost ice cream cake i'm throwing it away immediately <laughs> We're by the get, way how about this we get him a cake that's shaped like a hot stripper and it's really scott, scott frost, frost. <laughs> <laughs> uh i love how they really went out there and scheduled fordham in buffalo this year those corn huskers sooners, row, man. sooners. Yeah. This guy, they're playing the Sooners, well, right? I, I overlooked that for a reason. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are playing the Sooners. Well, yeah, that was part I can't of the, for them to get their shit beaten out of them against Oklahoma. That was part of the controversy with this stuff too between him and the athletic director because then the athletic director, basically, the school came out and tried to claim that that Scott Frost had called uh, someone, I think, at the uh, at the Big Ten and said we don't want to play Oklahoma. And then they ended up having to like retract that and say, actually, it was the athletic director that was trying to get Oklahoma off the schedule. They were trying to make Scott Frost look like he was scared of playing him. Oh and even in this in this press conference, he was like, yeah, like I've never made a phone call about scheduling at all. That's not my job. Yeah. And so I actually feel bad for the guy that his this athletic director is undermining him so hard right yeah, now. I don't feel bad at all for him. And how all. awkward will that be if they do well this year and they yeah. don't want to fire him anymore? Yeah. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. So, yeah, um, how many wins? You, how many wins do you see? I mean, they're going to be Fordham, Buffalo. They're favored by seven against Illinois. We got Northwestern, Minnesota, Purdue. I mean, they should have seven wins just based on the spread. If you get you get a couple upsets in there, then it's going to be you know they they could have some wins. But I, I I don't give that any faith at all. If there's one team in the Big Ten that's let you know their fans down more the last couple of years it's got to be nebraska where they go three and five last year five and seven before that four and eight before that yeah. i saw this great graphic on twitter that was uh scott frost's biggest win- wins top, of his top career 15 oh, top yeah. 15 wins of scott frost's career and it had 12 because he hasn't had 15 wins yeah. yet and the top three were like bethune yeah. cookman and these horrible teams but i mean look they're gonna lose to oklahoma Michigan State's going to be a tough game. Northwestern's going to be very tough. Yeah. Michigan's going to be tough. At Minnesota, Ohio State, so who knows? I yeah. mean, they're I mean, going to be right there. A good year for them might be 7-5 and five with that schedule. And so, you know, I don't know. Look, the, the funny thing is that, you know, I admit, I, I've, I've talked about this. I don't, I'm not sure if we talked about it on the show, you know, when we first started the show, but when he took over there, I thought he would do well. I do think he's a good coach. He did really well at Central Florida. But here's mm-hmm. the thing is that Nebraska is not – what it was in the 90s. That's not an easy place to win. He's got he had more talent at Central Florida than he will ever have at Nebraska. He's in a better recruiting area and he's not playing and he wasn't playing the Big 10 in Central Florida and mark my words, if he ends up getting fired at Nebraska, he'll go and be an offensive coordinator at some big name school. Maybe Nick Saban takes him in. He loves taking in broken toys and then he'll light it up for two years and then get another head coaching job somewhere else immediately. Yeah, that's how it goes. Pretty boy is going to get another job. Pretty boy. You think he's pretty? Pretty boy. (laughs) That's his nickname. 
last piece of news I got here, another Urban Meyer update. They cut Tim Tebow, guys. Uh, we talked about it last week. We recorded on Monday. Pretty boy. And I think Monday night after we recorded, Speaking they cut him. Yeah, he's a pretty boy. Yeah. That, dude, t- Timmy is going to find something to do. What the hell is he trying to do playing football again? Like, what kind of an ego to dude. be on the streets for eight years? And then just waltz well, right on the back in. He's on AAA baseball, you know? Well, I got, I got been... two things on the Tebow <laughs> thing is he's so undersized for a tight end. Yeah. He's only like 6'2". Yeah. And I, I'm not sure about his weight, but, he, you know, he's way undersized. And he was on college game day every Saturday. Like, why would you give up that Dude, gig? Right? Seriously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, working for the, well, even for baseball. Well, he was working for the SEC network. Oh, and, was it but, SEC yeah. network? But even and he might even still have that gig. That's the thing about Tebow. Is he, he was playing baseball, Damn doing the SEC network, and he probably could have, you know, found a way to make the Jags thing work, too, if he really wanted to. Yeah. But, um, I mean, look, it was a, it was a, a joke from the beginning. There were, like, rumors that... People thought that he was like a locker room spy for Urban Meyer to report back on <laughs> which players were doing the shit right. And so it's just another gimmicky thing, in my opinion, that Urban Meyer is bringing from like the college ranks to the pros that I don't think will work. I've said it a million times. I don't think Urban Meyer is going to last very long in the NFL just because it's hard. College coaches, it's a completely different environment to be a coach in college where you are like literally like the emperor of that school. You're in charge of every decision. Everyone, the players have to respect you. And in the NFL, it's just not that. Does the guy hasn't played a game yet, and every week Will has gotten more and more critical of Urban Meyer. He hasn't played a game. <laughs> oh, in sixteen, he's already kid. getting fired and, and having trouble. Hey, he, so I he looked up on uh, jokesforus.com some Tim Tebow <laughs> jokes. You want to okay. hear some? Yeah. Okay. When the boogeyman goes to sleep every night, he checks the closet for Tim Tebow. So these are just that's these, not a joke. <laughs> Oh, that's like a Chuck Norris joke. <laughs> I know. Tim that's Tebow. A, I, you said that's jokes just ab- a Chuck Norris joke. Well, yeah, it, jokes look, about Tim Tebow. Jokes for us. dot com. Tim Tebowisms is what they're called. Tim Tebowisms. Uh huh. Uh, a spike in Tim Tebow stiff arms caused the Tooth Fairy to go broke in 1997. Yeah. Wow. Man, are, this is these are rough. so bad. These are rough. Are there I any jokes about it's the? It was the top one on Google. So this one's on <laughs> Google. Are there, are there any jokes about him going on his like missions to circumcise people in like South no, America? You know. No. Oh, there there is one. No, no. <laughs> that was a thing. You know, what, when you Tim know, Tebow you, touches water, it turns to Gatorade. Uh, kind of, uh, you know when gators. when Tim Tebow goes to circumcise on those missions, he doesn't get paid. He just takes tips. <laughs> <laughs> Off the top of the dome, Smitty. I like it. Uh, See, yeah, way better than whatever that. Thanks that for sacrificing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> saving this one uh yeah for sure all right well that's all the college football news we've got so we should just get right into the sec breakdown boys sec breakdown let's do it all, all right. right we're gonna be doing conference winner we're gonna do division winners uh our dark horse teams favorite storylines exciting players we've been doing but this for all the conferences we should uh, we should get d- a little more deep with our conference winners because obviously alabama is gonna be up there right and yeah in, in georgia for sure so more dark horse teams potentially. I think maybe we should go dark horse here with the SEC. A little more darkish horses. Yeah. And I do have my bowler bus team. Oh, okay. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. So And we, you got a game coming up too. Do we want to do that now before or should we do that? We can do that now okay. before we move on. Yeah, we all right. could, we'll, yeah, we'll do a game real quick and yeah. then and then get to the SEC breakdown. We got a couple games today. I mean, I figure look, it's our last real preseason show. Yep. Up until I mean we got zero week, obviously, but this is our week zero. Exactly. This is our week zero. <laughs> but past this point, we're going to be breaking down games. There's going to be so much going on. So this is our last kind of opportunity to get a whole bunch of games in for one show. So this one's called Love It or Shove It. Okay, okay Will? Yep. You're going to love it or shove it. Ryan, if you have any uh, anything, jump in here too. Sure. 
Okay, so I'm going to give Will scenario, love it or shove it. Spencer Rattler will win the Heisman. Love, love it or shove it. Love it. I you mean, like all the Oklahoma quarterbacks are always in contention. He was a beast last year. They're going to have a really good team this year. The only thing that might stop it is that they might just be dominating everyone and he's sitting out, you know, towards the end of the third and fourth quarter. So I agree. I think love it for sure. And I think he's currently like plus four hundred or so in the futures market to win the Heisman. That's still I mean, that's still a decent bet. You know? I think so too. Yeah. I mean, I think he's gonna be up there. He's gonna get invited, right? Unless yeah. he gets hurt, he's gonna get invited. So yeah. I think so too. All right, love it or shove it. Alabama will lose at least one game. And by the way, this is just a pure reaction from Will. I didn't tell him any of these before. Is pure reaction, so uh, at least one. Yeah, Alabama will lose at least one game. Right, let me look They're at their over, schedule. Yeah, pull their schedule up. All right, their over under is eleven and a half, and I think the the over is like minus one forty five. So um, look, you know, I don't think the my they, they start off with Miami. It's neutral site in Atlanta. I don't think that's that's a big loser, even though they got all these new starters on offense. But they they got to go at Florida, at Texas A and M, at Mississippi State, at Auburn. And some of the teams that get her off buys too. I love it. I'm gonna oh, say one. Wow, I'm not wow. going more than one, but he's they'll lose one. It. Yep. <laughs> you like that? Uh, I'm shoving it. Oh, he's, he's shoving it. He's a shover. All right. Love it or shove it. There will be a Pac twelve team in the playoffs. In the final four. There will be a Pac twelve team. Shove it. Shove wow, it. My Pac twelve. And it's not hating on the Pac twelve. No, you're a hater. I think you'll probably get two SEC teams again this year. Yeah. You'll get you'll get Ohio State and Clemson or uh or Oklahoma. Can we have an if then bet for the bet board? An if then bet, okay? Okay. So this goes back to our Pac twelve show, which was I think two weeks ago. Yeah. If a Pac twelve team goes in, I have Washington and you have Oregon, right? Yep. So yeah. can we make that a bet board thing? If there's a Pac-12 team in, I've got Washington, you've got Oregon. Yeah. Now, if it's USC, that's not like a loss for both of us. That's a no play. So yeah. it has to be one of those two teams okay. for it to count. So. Yeah. All right, there we go. It's a, uh, there we go. It's a bet board. Love it. All right, love it or shove it. One of these teams will not make the playoffs. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. Love it or shove it. Love it. I actually love it. I don't think all three of those teams make it in. I think there's a chance that you could see uh, – you know, Clemson maybe slip up. Maybe Alabama uh, gets the SC championship game and loses. Ohio State breaking a new quarterback. There's a lot of questions here. Clemson is the favorite right now. The odds on favor, well, not the odds on, but Clemson's the favorite right now in the market. Interesting. The highest rated team to get to the finals. All okay. right, a couple more here. Uh, love it or shove it. We talked a little Nebraska. We don't want to go to Nebraska on this show, but I want to ask you, love it or shove it. Adrian Martinez, their quarterback, will not finish the season. Shove it. Wow. You mean like injury or just like he'll get benched? No, he's going to get yanked. No, I think I actually I like him. I think he's a good player. I just think he hasn't had a good, you know, a good run there. So, I'm shoving that. Yeah, right. I, I love it based on the fact that I think he's going to get hurt cuz he has every year he's yeah. been there. Right. A couple he's more. Let's, let's do some rapid fire for the last ones. Okay. Mississippi State will make a bowl. Love it or shove it? Shove it. <laughs> Michigan wins 10 games. Shove it. Texas <laughs> wins 10 games. Shove it. There we go. <laughs> that is love it or shove it. Rapid fire. What do you like think? That. You like love it or shove it? Yeah, I like that. Mm. I think we, maybe we should have only done rapid fire, to be honest with you. Yeah, right. I kind of like the rapid I fire. I liked your explanations, though, for a couple of them, but uh, yeah, there you go. Okay. Right, let's get enough. some SEC breakdown. Yeah. The best conference in college football. It just means more, you guys. It okay. Does. They're swallowing all of college football. We they're, need... they're poisoning trees, That's, they're poisoning yep. people. 
Shout what out else can Harvey, you ask for? Harvey Updike. Big fan of the show. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, Easy there, Will. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, they're so they're so dominant that three other conferences had to team up against them. Yeah. Right, Paul Feinbaum? Um, <laughs> okay, SC Breakdown. Conference winners. Uh, conference winner overall, Tyler. Uh, Alabama. Alabama. How can you not pick the Tide to win the conference? Now, mm. Georgia's going to be so good this year. I love Georgia, but I've been fooled too many times in the nfl you don't pick against belichick and in college except for you, last year <laughs> exactly <laughs> and in college you don't pick against nicky really you don't pick against brady you don't pick against little nicky actually that's that's how it goes yeah. right you don't pick against brady you don't pick against a little nicky yep. so uh i'm going alabama to win it all but i love georgia this year okay yeah i actually i'm gonna i'm going out on a limb and i'm picking georgia and oh. it's not because i think that alabama will struggle what it comes down to to me is look a healthy JT Daniels means they're probably going to be favored in every game after week one against Clemson, mm-hmm. uh, which I also think is winnable for them. They have a great schedule series. They don't have to play Bama. They don't play LSU. They don't play Texas A&M. They don't play Ole Miss from the West. They basically pull only the bad teams from the West. They get Missouri and, and Kentucky at home. I mean, you look at their true SEC road games at Vandy, at Auburn, at Tennessee, and at Georgia Tech to end the season. Those are all extremely winnable for Georgia. They're three deep at running back. You know, wide receivers may be a bit of a question mark on the offense, but still like a ton of talent there. It's just kind of unproven guys. And then they bring that tight end transfer from LSU, Eric Gilbert, who was a five-star guy. He's really big. So a lot of weapons for JT Daniels. They throw the ball to the running back a lot. Um, You know, look, they lose a lot of starters from uh, the defense from last year, but the guys who replaced them are all like massive big-level recruits. They got Darian Kendrick, a five-star recruit, uh, transfer from Clemson at cornerback who's going to be starting this year. They're loaded on the D-line. And the best part is that because of their schedule and the and the offense being so good is that I think that really benefits the defense. They can even lose to Clemson week one, still be playing in the SC championship game. And by the end of the year, they aren't new guys anymore. They've got 12 games experience before they play Alabama or whoever comes out of the West. And if it is Alabama, then it's you know it really comes down to can Alabama just, uh, or excuse me, can Georgia just pull it off against Alabama in one game in the SEC championship game? And we've seen them do that before. They did it that one year where they beat Alabama, or excuse me, they won the SEC. Alabama made it to the playoff and beat them in the national. And that's the thing game. when there's when there's a lot of good SEC teams, you can still kind of if you're undefeated and lose the championship, yeah. or if you have one loss and win the championship. So there's all the, all these different scenarios, and like you said, with their schedule. It is kind of favorable for them this for sure. year. They don't draw a lot of these teams from the West. Yeah, and by the way, if they win the SEC, I think you could still see Alabama get in, and you yeah. could have two SEC SEC teams in there. Right. And look, if there's going to be a year, you know, Kirby Smart hasn't done it yet. He hasn't beaten Nick Saban. He hasn't beaten Alabama yet. He's had a few opportunities. If there's going to be any year where you look to him and say, this is maybe the year, I think it's this. Alabama, Dude, a lot of new guys on offense. I totally agree, and you said enough about Georgia, but if you also look around the East... The SEC is going to be really good this year, but the West is so packed. And For I know sure. it's usually like that, but hey, guess what? It's it's like that again this year. And you do get a lot of teams who are kind of on the rebuild, newer coaches, newer offenses, newer systems. Uh, e- even uh, a Kentucky, who I think is going to have an uh, kind of an uptick here there in the For East. Sure. They are still sort of not where they need to be as a program, if you ask Stoops. Yeah. So... Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, losing 25 players to transfer. If you just look around, even Florida, they're going to have to reload a ton. Yeah. The East in general, not going to be as strong as, as usual for Georgia. So you combine the fact with Georgia being so dominant with the East being maybe a tad little bit down. I think they're the clear pick 
to uh, win the East. And like you said, well, they're kind of your surprise pick to win it all. That's not going. That's not. I I, I could see it happening. You for know? sure. And this yeah. first game against Clemson is going to show a lot, but that's not a must-win game for either no, team. So I think that's a good pick for sure. Yeah, definitely. And look, I you know I, I've got Alabama as my uh, West Division winner. Although, like you said, the West is going to be way more competitive. Oh yeah. I mean, look, there's not a lot to say that you don't already know about Alabama. Saban just does it year after year, but. This year, I do think there is going to be maybe some question marks on offense. You know, you got a new quarterback coming in, Bryce Young. He was like the number one recruit. Dude, this is what it looked like before 2017, where they were reloading and bringing in all these new pieces in the line and these... That doesn't matter to me. What matters to me, it's so much less about what these players can do for Alabama and more about what's going on in their heads. Because... I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've seen some practices, which you can't tell anything. I've seen some interviews, which you can't tell anything. But Bryce Young doesn't seem to be super locked in and focused. And hmm. again, this could be my total perception. I'm not going to make a bet on this or anything like that. But it just seems from afar like, is he ready to earn it? Like, yeah. did, did, Is he ready to you know compete? So to me, that's it. If the answer is yes, then I wouldn't be afraid of, the, of Alabama at all taking care of what they need to with these new players. If the answer is, you know, no, because they've had such success. I mean, look at last year. They rolled through everyone. Yep. What was the score in the championship? Like 52-24? Yeah, it was a blowout. It's Ohio yeah. State. So that, to me, is how you look at Alabama this year. If they're mentally there, I think they're capable of doing exactly what they did last year. Yeah, I mean, to me... Actually, it's less about the fact that they only have three starters back because we all, we know that Alabama just reloads talent-wise, but you bring in new coaches. And yes, that hasn't been a problem for Nick Saban and Alabama in the past, but you got Bill O'Brien, his first year as offensive coordinator. You know, you bring in a new coordinator and you only have three starters back from last year. We don't know how Bill O'Brien's going to look in, in uh, you know w- with Nick Saban. We haven't seen him since the one year he had at Penn State, and it was a successful but year don't and a you good feel offense. Like- for any coach like Bill O'Brien or Steve Sarkeesian or any of these guys For sure. who's kind of like a loose cannon, that's the perfect... It's like bringing a dog to Caesar, right? Caesar the dog trainer. You, you go and, and you're immediately going to... You know that you're going to get results. For sure. They're not going to... Stock's act, going up. Exactly. They're not going to act out of line. They're going to you know kind of get back to being their elite version of themselves. Yeah. So I think it's a great spot for him, and I don't. I think he's going to do fine. Yeah, you're. Look, the the worst case scenario for this with a new offensive coordinator, and all these new starters, is still like ten and two. Like if they have two yeah. losses, that's a that's a huge disappointment for what we expect out of Alabama. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, but it, there is question marks. But look, I mean, the, the, it's still going to be a really powerful offense. I just there's to me there's no way they can match what they did last year with all the guys they're losing. But you have Mechie coming back a wide receiver. You got Slade Bolden. Brian Robinson's going to have a huge year at running back. And this tight end Jaleel Billingsley looks really good. And then one of these guys who I love. Wide receiver Kool Aid McKinstry, great name. <laughs> Shut up. Are you and and just last week he announced yep. he's got a sponsorship deal with Kool Aid with the brand no. Kool Aid, and that's just awesome. I, you know what? I actually knew a guy named Kool Aid. I worked uh, uh, for a year at a place with a guy named Kool Aid. So best Kool Aid flavors. Mm. Mm. Grape. You got go watermelon, grape. strawberry, kiwi, soren strawberry lemonade. That's my go-to. Lemon, lemon lime. Was grape not yeah, one the or pink, is that pink lemonade so for me? Probably. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. But you know what's crazy about Kool-Aid is that, like, <laughs> why isn't the sugar just mixed in? Because you got to add, isn't like, it? five cups of sugar to every to every, <laughs> every pitcher of that. And so you think yeah, the, sugar the sugar was mixed in with the it drink. If it was, it'd probably be easier to consume because you're not seeing all the sugar come out of, like, your own thing. It's just kind of in the... If you yeah. add the sugar to it already, now you just have fun dip. <laughs> <laughs> fun dip. That's a really good point, actually. <laughs> man, fun Kool-Aid, dip. Kool-Aid, though. I love man. that. Yeah, look, you know, Alabama's my team out of the West, but... 
But now we should get into our dark horse teams okay, because okay. we're talking about it. The West is going to be so competitive. Yeah, Tyler. exactly. But I, I have a feeling you're going to go Texas A&M as your other team who can make some noise because you're not about LSU this year. Uh, well, I haven't heard you two up on LSU the first couple episodes, no, I, I looked. which is funny because <laughs> we had to get this LSU swag here in the studio because Will was such a fanboy a couple years ago. Oh, man. That and now he sold all their stock. No, that's not true at all. Look, they are actually here on my Dark Horse teams list. Texas A&M is not, but that's because Texas A&M, it really wouldn't be a Dark Horse. They should be considered a favorite coming out of the West right there with Alabama. They can do it this year. They have question marks. You know, they're, they're bringing in a new quarterback. You know, Kellen Mond leaves, and they got some new uh, guys on the offensive line. I think A&M's got, got a ton, ton of, of question marks, man. For sure, yeah. Absolutely, and a tough schedule. And I think that, look... At I, Colorado, week two, that's not easy at altitude. And maybe I'm looking at this from a... a point of view of a CU fan, but I'm hoping A&M may be a little down, a little young. You know, that's a losable game in altitude, but aside from that, there's so many new faces on this team, and everyone is putting stock in, oh, well, I know Jimbo Fisher's having to reload, but he's had great class after great class after great class. I understand that, but these guys haven't played that much, and I look through their roster, everyone who's going to be getting time, they're freshmen, they're sophomores, they don't have that much experience, so I think everyone's so high on A&M. There's other teams in the West that I believe have a better shot. Now, A&M starting the season ranked you know, one of the higher teams, yep. but I do have my question marks about Texas A&M. Now, let's be clear here. They're a very good team, right? They're loaded. They're elite. Yeah, but are top they, 10 team. Exactly, but are they as good as you know maybe the second team in the West or a team who could compete with Alabama? I would actually bring LSU into the mix before that. Interesting. I mean, look, I think that, that Texas A&M might have one, like maybe the best defense in the country this year. They're bringing back nine starters from a defense that was already totally dominant last year. But the questions are on offense. Whenever you have a new quarterback, I think the guy that's going to start is like a sophomore and there's a freshman that's competing. And so that's a big deal. The new offensive lineman is a big deal. They have a ton of talent. Like you said, they've been recruiting like monsters. But I mean, their schedule is, is it's not as tough as it has been, but it's still a really tough schedule. You know, it's, uh, that, that Colorado game is a trap for sure. And then their SEC schedule, you know, look, they got to go at Missouri, at Mississippi, at LSU. And so that's tough. But they get Alabama at home. They get Auburn at home. Uh, you know, the, the, they get Mississippi State at home. So the schedule is workable for them. But, you know, is it enough to go over the top? Because they're going to have to go 11-1 and probably in order to beat Eleven one with a win against Bama in order to win the SEC West. Right, exactly. So that's the thing too is you have to factor in what other teams are going to be doing. And like we said in the East, where teams may be struggling, so yeah. it's going to be easier for Georgia to get to the top. I'm just not so sure that you know it's not going to be a dogfight here in the West. Yeah. So A and M obviously one of those teams who could you know right be right there. But as I said, I have question marks, and we'll, we'll see. They they could be volatile, and I think they could. We said this again last week, but they could go undefeated. They could have three, Definitely. four losses, depending on what they happens. They could be early. in the playoff, and it wouldn't be a surprise at all. Yeah, but those young players are going to have to show up early. Yeah, uh, LSU. My whole thing about LSU is the coaching staff is put together to succeed. You know, they know exactly what they're trying to do. These players, they're bringing back eighteen starters. Now think about that. Last year. We should have probably assumed the worst for LSU. They brought back five starters from that national championship wow, team. Yeah. And, and, and they, they were reloading on the staff. They started, remember that game against Mississippi State where everyone thought that was... Mike uh, Leach's uh, p- uh, party. That, that was LSU, that was, was right? week one, yeah. It was, and Mississippi State LSU? torched them. And, and all of a sudden, thought, everyone thought like, oh. That was a Mississippi State thing. Yeah. That wasn't Mike Leach. That wasn't Mississippi State. That was more LSU than anything. For and sure. we learned that through the season. But those guys fought. They worked their asses off. They learned the system. They're all coming back pretty much, like I said. 
18 starters are back this year. The staff knows them well. They're ready to succeed. And it's not just 18 starters. It's 18 high-quality starters. Matter of fact, Phil Steele has what he calls his all-conference points. What he does is ranks teams based on how many all-conference players they're either losing or returning. Okay? LSU is one of the best teams in the Power Five. They're they're number one in the SEC bringing these players back. They have so much talent that if you're an LSU fan, you're going to be seeing a lot of your players drafted this year early in the NFL draft. And it's not just offense, it's defensive. And I think LSU is going to, by far, have the best special teams in the SEC. They're going to have the best kick returner, best punt returner, best kicker, and maybe not the best punter because Georgia, Tennessee have really good punters, but... I'm telling you what, special teams, which matters, you know, oh, in terms yeah. of field position, they're going to be elite. So I think LSU was really interesting this year. And uh, their current line at UCLA week one is currently is three and a half. Yeah. And I, I'm liking LSU at three and a half. If it goes to three, I'm, I'm loving it. But I know you're kind of leaning at UCLA. And yeah. I agree UCLA is going to be point. improved let's this year. Make it, let's just do three and a half right now. Come on. What do you mean three right now? No, three and a half. Well, I just want to see if the market gets to three. <laughs> you know, you locked me in at Boise at four, and that's moving. So I want to make sure LSU right. gets to three. But either way, I'm so excited about LSU this year. And it's funny that I say that because to me, they're sort of like a, a, a bully of college football, right? So why would I be excited about them? But I do like Coach O. I think that they're ready to kind of surprise people. And again, it's funny saying that for LSU, but watch out, man. I think there's if there's one team who's going to, quote, surprise people and potentially take Alabama out and win the West, I got LSU. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not uh, I'm not down on LSU. You know, that 2019 year, I had, LSU was always a team I kind of rooted for as far as just within the SEC. Um, but that 2019 year did kind of make me a little bit of a fan of Coach O and, the, and that team. And uh, I love watching those games in Death Valley. It's That's like right towards the top of my list as far as games where, you know, I want to go and see a game. There's a night game in Death Valley. And I'm not down on this year. It's just for me, the schedule is really tough. At UCLA is not a gimme, right? They're going to be favored, but at UCLA week one, that's not a gimme. But I look at Coach O's success on the road, especially against Pac-12 teams. They're, hmm. they're, they're really good. I, I can pull up the numbers here quickly, but... Um, they're very good, and especially against the spread. I think eight and four against the spread, you know, something like ten and two overall. So they do well against uh, Pac-12 teams on the road. They, they played that many games against the Pac-12 uh, on the road. Let me, let me look it up because you know, look, I, I think they played a lot of Pac-12 teams in bowl games. I know that they've played Wisconsin before. They've played, um, you know, I think they might have had a game against. Okay, so here it is. Uh, LSU has opened up against the Pac-12 uh, foe four times since 2004, winning all four. And then head coach Ed Orgeron is 15 and seven straight up. 14 and six on the road during his time at LSU. So just not on the road, not Pac-12, okay. just on the road. Sorry about that. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so 15 and seven, 14 and six on the road. You know, I don't think it's going to be a huge deal them going the the whole time zone thing. And here's the here's the thing: when you're looking at external factors like time zone, or if you got a team like Hawaii yeah. or other things, week one is where it's going to have the least impact because you got time to plan for it, time to prep. If it's in the middle of the season and you got to deal with Hawaii. Or if you're Hawaii traveling somewhere, that's a much bigger deal than For week sure. one where you can do it before. So yeah, definitely. Uh, keep that in mind. But yeah. I mean, look, yeah. The, in the UCLA game, you know, look, that's a tough one on their schedule, but it's not consequential for them in the SEC, right? But, it's a but, non-conference game. But 
that is a win or bust. If the LSU indicator. doesn't win that game, For their sure. season is done. And you can't say that about many teams, but they have high aspirations, as they should this year. I yeah. mean, so no, you lose to UCLA, your season is done. Interesting. Okay. I mean, look, I mean, just their SEC road games are tough. They have to go at Mississippi State, at Kentucky, at Ole Miss, at Bama. You know, they, they do get Auburn, Florida, Arkansas, and Texas A&M at home, but that's a tough schedule. They pull some tough teams from the West, having to play both, you know, Kentucky and uh, Arkansas, that you know, that's tough. Um, you know, they play Florida too. I I just think I see a couple slip slip ups here. I think they're going to improve. You know, but to me, you know, you said the coaching staff. Th- there's basically two ways to look at this with the new coordinators they brought in. They bring in two new coordinators. They bring in Jake Peets, and this guy worked under Joe Brady, right? So he's trying to bring back that offense from 2019 that won the national championship. Durante Jones, the defensive coordinator, he worked under Dave Aranda once again. He's trying to to bring things back to where they were that 2019 year. And that can only go two ways. It's going to look great. Like, hey, we're going back to what worked. Or if it doesn't go well, it's going to look desperate. And I think people are going to slam Coach O for that to say, well, you just, you're more focused on the system than bringing in the best guy. Now, look, I'm sure these guys you know, have a lot of clout and clearly they're, they're good at their job. But to me, it you know it can look bad if things don't go well. It's going to look, hey, you're just trying so hard to make things like 2019. 100%. I mean, it's all the results. If they win, this is all okay. If not, they're going to find a lot of excuses, and that yeah. certainly could be one of them. But yeah, I mean, this year is going to be... There's a lot of pressure this For year. Sure. A ton of pressure. Them, so. I think I just see him going... Nine, three, eight, and four this year. I don't think I see him winning ten games just just by the nature of the schedule. And you know, you lose Miles Brennan uh, for the first few weeks of the season at least. He's got surgery, and now I get it that the uh, the replacement uh, Max Johnson he played a lot last year too. So it's not so much that you're bringing in a totally fresh new guy. Both those quarterbacks had to play last year, but Miles Brennan was probably going to be the guy that they wanted starting, and he's not going to be starting at least at the beginning of the year. So there's just a lot of question marks, but they're going to be fun to watch, but and they're that's probably going to have a couple look, upsets. That I don't. That's not a big deal. The the quarterback situation again. If that happened middle of the season, it's a big deal. They've had now several weeks to iron the offense out. Same thing's happening with uh, University of Colorado. There was a quarterback battle. Didn't know who they're going to go to. Right. There are, you never wish, injury on anyone in any sport or any situation. But there are some positives when you know it's going to be the guy. Yeah. And even though LSU had named you know, whoever was a starter, Miles Brennan, yeah. it's okay. I mean... The, it's not like you know uh, Johnson's going to be so bad. You know he he's going to be able to fill in for sure or, or come in, and I think he's going to be a lot better than people think. Just because he wasn't the starter at LSU, he's had plenty of time to get used to the to the guys around him. They're all rallying around. Remember how I said I wanted to hear what's coming out of camp, how yeah. he looks. It's all positive so far. So yeah, I sure. think it's all good things for LSU. Okay, um, but there's other teams in the West. Ole Miss. I mean, we've talked about how much we love Lane Kiffin this year, and it's funny because new coaches last couple of years. A lot of their progress with these teams, it was sort of halted because of COVID. And Lane Kiffin's got this weird, complex kind of offense. It's it, it's it's quirky, and, and the team's learning it. They're bringing back, I think, what, 17 starters this season. Yep. And so, you know, Ole Miss is one of those teams where if you haven't been paying attention, they're going to come out of the gates hot. I like them their first couple, couple games, and uh, I like Ole Miss a lot this year. I love Lane Kiffin, and uh, look for Ole Miss to make some noise. I agree. They're actually my favorite dark horse team if it's not going to be Bama to me it is Ole Miss even more so than LSU the offense is loaded they're bringing back eight guys they were scoring a ton last year to begin with and the defense was you know what was the problem last year but you know now it's the second year and DJ Durkin and uh and uh the co-offensive coordinator from Michigan I'm blanking on his name uh he was my guy I love him uh, but you know now it's the second year of that system they're bringing back you know a bunch uh nine starters on the defense so you you expect improvement yeah. from them you know, Matt Corral, I think if he 
stays healthy and cuts down on some interceptions, he could be in Heisman contention with that system. You know, Lane Kiffin's system is just really beneficial for quarterbacks. They do lose Elijah Moore and uh, I think you pronounce it Yabo, the two top receivers from last year. But like, you know, this to me, it's more about the system. It's really no matter what you put in there, as long as you have talent, the receivers are going to do well. And look, I think they're going to be 3-0 heading into their bye yeah. before they come. And that bye comes right before the game at Alabama. And we saw how they almost beat Alabama at home last year. I don't know if they'll beat them this year. But let's say they if they can pull an upset there, past that game, it's really winnable. They're at Tennessee, at Auburn, at Mississippi State for their road games. And then they get Arkansas, LSU, Texas A&M, and Liberty all at home. But those are not easy games. But to me, they're winnable. I think they'll be in all those games just by the nature of them having such a big offense. And if the defense improves... You know, I think that I don't think they will go eleven and one, but to me, it's possible. And if they do, and they can knock off Alabama, they could re- represent the West. You did breeze through their last game of the season against their cross state foes, Mississippi State. Egg Bowl. Okay, now I want to be careful on this show because, like Iowa State, right? I'm, 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 I want to pump the brakes on Matt Campbell. Everyone looks at him as the second coming. The guy can turn, you know, water to wine, all that stuff. Which why wouldn't you want that ability? <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I just like I want to say like pump the brakes occasionally. I think Iowa State's going to be good this year. Just let's watch out on Mike Campbell being you know Nick Saban two Same thing with Mississippi State. I think they're going to be good, but this is my bull or bust team in the SEC. It's Mississippi State. I could see them getting six wins, but they're going to have to fight for it. And for an offense that over the last year and a half has learned Mike Leach's system, this could be kind of a more surprise type of team because I think a lot of people do kind of forget that Mike Leach had zero spring practices and those yeah. players did not buy in. It was a toxic locker room. I think he had 20, guys left. 20 players left, but that's not always a bad thing for that situation. Look, for Tennessee, it's a bad thing because there's all kinds of scandals, all kinds of stuff in the air. They're giving players money in McDonald's, McDonald's bags. bags. <laughs> but this was more of a Mike Leach came in with more a my way or the highway attitude. The guys who didn't like it left and the guys who stayed bought in. So I look at it as a positive. They're now all kind of stronger tighter they brought in a lot of transfers got some good young receivers and they've learned this offense i think will rogers could really make some noise this year not the whole heisman candidate anything like that but obviously if they're going to have a season he's going to have to have a good season himself so i think mississippi state is my bull well i know they're my bowler bus team and uh, unfortunately I'm not going to get a chance to bet on them against you for a while because week one, they got Louisiana Tech. That's going to be like a 20-point line. Yep. Uh, NC State is Team next. Who you love. You're love, high on. I'm high on NC State, you know, real high real high on NC State. And He's then uh, Memphis uh, on the road, That's they're probably going to be, you know, favored by a lot there. So we'll see. I'm probably not going to have an opportunity here on the show to bet mm, on them, unfortunately. We'll but I might just bet against them blindly. Just <laughs> Dude, I love Mississippi State. I like Mike Leach. I think he's underrated. I don't want to be irrational. I don't want to get on this whole thing where I'm just always backing him up because you know I don't want to have a little shaky thing, but I do believe he's such an underrated head coach. Look where he's coaching his career. Texas Tech, Washington State, Mississippi State. These are not the blue bloods of college football. And he's done a really good job. I think he's always exceeded expectations. So Fair enough. I mean, counterpoint to that would be why hasn't he gotten a job at a bigger program? 
if he's such a great coach. You know, some guys just like the small town life, you know, small town living. <laughs> he definitely likes the small town life. Mm-hmm. But it's because I think the bigger colleges won't invest in that kind of a gimmicky offense. They don't want to see their offense look like that. Like, if you're Michigan, you don't want... Like, remember when Denard was quarterback and things were just weird under Rich Rod? Yeah. It, Boy, do I. It was such a strange... <laughs> but it wasn't just the fact they weren't winning. It's that it was Michigan. It looked weird when yeah, they did that, and it was just sure. so, that's not what Michigan's supposed to look like. So I think that's that's honestly part of it. Yeah, like some absolutely. of these ads don't want to. It's a visual if, thing. Exactly. If they're going to lose, they want to lose a certain way. There's an old saying: uh, if you're going to buy stock, you don't get fired for buying IBM. You know that that means they're not going to get on. They're not going to criticize you for doing what everyone thinks you should do. If you right. step outside the box, hire a gimmicky coach, and lose, now you may get fired as an ad. So. Yeah, true that. Uh, Smitty, what do you got for the SEC? Uh, I had I had Old Miss as well for my dark horse. Sorry, um, and then um, you know for Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I, I just don't think I can pick against Bama as far as conference winner. But yeah, yeah and then I, Georgia in the East. Right? Yeah, like absolutely. It's be Georgia. Yeah, Georgia definitely coming out of the East, and then you know I could definitely see. I don't know. You guys raised a lot of good points with AM. I would like to see. I, I've, I've always, for whatever reason, it's kind of been a team that I've always liked, but I have zero connection to. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I'd like to see uh, them succeed in, in there in Aggie land. But, um, Except for in Denver. Mm-hmm. Except for in Denver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's non-conference games. I you guys are going to that game, right? Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm going to take Bama as my conference winner. Okay, fair enough. Look, I mean, I, I think we kind of all agree that there's not really – a, a strong chance of a dark horse coming out of the West. Now, Florida, you could kind of consider a dark horse, but they lose so much on offense that I just think that the likelihood of them getting past Georgia to win the West is pretty slim. I right. really like Dan Mullen. I think that he's going to have a good offense regardless, but I mean, you talk about all the production they lose from last year. I think it's just a tall order for the Gators to get you know past past Georgia with what Georgia yeah, for has sure. bringing back. But if there's one team, I wouldn't really call them a dark horse team. It's almost more of like a chaos team oh. out of the West. It's Missouri. Look, Eli Drinkowitz, he only had three spring practices last year with his new team, and he went out and had a really interesting year. You know, they beat LSU uh, and Kentucky. Those were both major upsets. They beat Arkansas, another tough team. Uh, I like his play calling. You know, he's an offensive guy. He had that one year at Appalachian State before he came to Missouri where he did really well. He's the play caller. He brings in Steve Wilkes, that defensive coordinator. He's got a lot of NFL experience. And look, I think they're just going to be a fun team to watch, and they're going to be a team to me that is just kind of like what Arkansas was last year where a lot of people are going to doubt them and they're probably going to cover a lot of spreads and they're probably going to knock off a couple teams in upsets. I could see them beating you know, uh, Florida this year. I could see them you know, having a really tough showing against a team like Kentucky, teams that you just expect to be better in the West. They get Texas A&M at home, Florida at home, Tennessee at home. You know, those are t- maybe they knock off Texas A&M with a big upset. You know, they do have some tough road games. They're at Boston College for non-conference, at Georgia, at Arkansas, but they don't have to play Alabama. They don't have to play LSU. They don't have to play Ole Miss. So they're just kind of a team to keep an eye on. I don't expect them to win the West. I don't expect them to beat Georgia. You know, uh, but I think they're a team that could definitely finish second in the West and maybe surprise some people by being better than Florida. No, that's... Or sorry, uh, the East, I mean. Yeah, I was going to say me. in the East. But but look, I mean, for Missouri, I don't have as many things to say as you did. I think they're going to be better than they were last year. But their schedule does line up nice because before a lot of their tougher games, they have, you know, I, I you never want to say games easy, but before A&M, they've got North Texas. You know, before they have to go on the road to Boston College, they've got Southeast Missouri State. You know, before... 
Uh, Florida, they got South Carolina. Before Georgia, they got Vanderbilt. So before a lot of their tougher games, they do kind of have, you know, which sometimes those are, you can get caught. It's a look-ahead situation, right? But uh, I do think if they don't get caught looking ahead, the the schedule is more favorable for Missouri. Yeah, and look, I... Eli Drinkowitz is one of these guys that will will uh, he's got a great name right as Tyler takes a drink. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a guy that's going to garner fans just by his his persona and the way that he re, uh, the way that he interacts with the media. You know, he had a really funny uh, time at SEC Media Days this year. You know, uh, he was joking about how uh, he was questioning whether the horns down is going to be a 15 yard penalty in the SEC if Texas joins, saying things like that. You know, he's uh, you know to me he's a he's a funny guy. I think he's going to draw a lot of attention. He's going to end up turning a lot of people that maybe wouldn't normally be Missouri fans into Missouri fans. And so they're just going to be a fun team to watch this year. We got to get drink wits hooked up with who's our other water sponsor. Kool-Aid, the Kool-Aid guy. Is that a water sponsor? Well, I meant drink oh, yeah. sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kool-Aid drink. Uh, so Kool-Aid and drink has got to do some kind of joint sponsorship. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah I, like I mean, to me, I'd, I'd go full alcoholic with a name. I, I wouldn't go, <laughs> Kool-Aid, I'd go for an alcoholic drink instead. Okay. If you got a name like Drinkowitz, I'd be like... What if you partner up with Conor McGregor? For you know, the uh, proper 12. Proper 12? Yeah. I mean, those guys have pretty oh, different personas. 12. What are you fucking talking about, eh? But, I mean, I don't know if... What do you think the, the people in the South feel about Conor McGregor, you know? I don't think he's that well number liked one guy. anywhere. Yeah. I don't know. That's true. He's <laughs> I think he's very uh, uh, polarizing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, people in Ireland certainly love him. But. What? <laughs> <laughs> I can kind of do a Conor. Conor McGregor. What are you fucking talking about? Hey, I want to knock you out with my left arm. Huh? Sounds like Brian Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a little yeah, bit leprechaun-y more well, than... But Brian Kelly backs it up with getting dubs. Who the fuck is that guy? Oh, that's, that's actually see, not bad. That yeah, was pretty see. good, Will. Yeah. yeah. Who the fuck is this Eli Drankowitz? Um, I think what's happening is Will challenging me better. to a impression <laughs> off. Well, that's why the best impressions are always like one to three word impressions. Yeah, yeah I should have kept is it that with what's just the first here, line. Are you uh, challenging me to an impression off? I mean, we might have to make that a game for the future, but uh, right now, game. just off the top of the dome, no, I don't think mm-hmm. so. I think the mm-hmm. listeners have suffered enough with b- both of our impressions. <laughs> um, yeah, look, okay, favorite storylines for, for the rest of the SEC. Yes. I love Arkansas. Last year, they were they were a spread darling. Every year or every week, it was like they were covering spreads. They had some upsets. They got screwed in a couple games. You know, They, they shouldn't have lost Auburn, but they did because of a bullshit call. They're just a tough team with Sam Pittman. They are bringing a new quarterback, so it's not going to be the Florida transfer anymore. You know, they got this new guy, KJ Jefferson. So I'm interested to see them, how they play this year. They're not going to be a team that's going to be competing for the SEC. But to me, they're just, they're going to be a team that if you're a sports gambler, you got to watch them against the spread because especially early in the year before they start to kind of garner some some reputation for being a spread darling, I think they're going to be a team that's, that's fun to bet on and, and the, the games are fun to watch. So that's one of my favorite storylines. Tyler's not going to like this. Mm. Mike Leach on the hot seat. I don't. If he doesn't have a good year this year, if it goes like it did last year, I think there's a chance he could be fired after well, a week. What does two. that mean? What if they go 6-6? Six and six? That's not a great year. Look, if they go six and six, they maybe have such a tough schedule I, for sure. But I could see them going four and eight or five and seven, and then I think you're talking about are that will they fire him? You know, but they've got an easier schedule than this season. Things things loosen up for sure. Louisiana Tech, uh, Memphis. Memphis is tough. That's a tough Ten- American team. Tennessee State, Kentucky is going to be that revenge game. They played terrible against Kentucky last year on the road. Yeah, um, you know Vandy. I think they can get 
to it's like I said earlier, six wins is going to be tough, but I think they can get to six. I think he's just starting the year off on the hot seat just by he how gets, things went last year. He Maybe get another year to get this system in. I mean, I hope so. Look, guys, I, just started practicing. This it's year. really not that I'm rooting against him. It's just you know, I I, I think that uh, I think that when you have the kind of personality that he has, it's great when things are going well and everyone loves you, and when things aren't going well, it hurts you. And so I think in the SEC, those schools expect to win, and they're not going to you know they're not going to take it very well if it if it's another bad year so right, well, that's another right. one we talked about it a couple weeks ago we made a bet board about it with brian harson the new coach at auburn uh i said i don't think he'll be there after three years he won't be coaching after a fourth year so i'm interested to see how he does with bo Nix. you know like bo Nix, i haven't been the biggest fan of him i think that he he you know he th- turns the ball over a lot he's not super accurate he kind of had some funny off-season quotes this year comparing himself to Jesus uh, <laughs> based off all the, the criticism he's gotten. Probably not the smartest move in the world. you know. And, and I just, I'm interested to see how Auburn plays this year. It's a really tough schedule. We know how it is in the SEC West. And to me, you know, I, I just want to see what Brian Harson brings to the SEC. Yeah, I mean, that's really going to be cool. I mean, uh, Boise coaches have had success. Brocko Mendenhall, um, yeah. who I think is you know going to have a good season. Um, Wait, or, or, no, yeah, he, he was at uh, BYU, not Boise. You're thinking of Chris Peterson, and then uh, the the other uh, Boise State head coach, the big one before yeah. that was went to Colorado, Hawkins, Hawkins, yeah. yeah, oh Hawkins, he had a great career. No, I am thinking of Chris Peterson, <laughs> yeah. But uh, look, I think that he's gonna do a good job. I don't know about this season necessarily, but they got a tough schedule, and he does have a good roster. Bo Nix, I think, could he just needs to be honed in. You got to rein sure. him in a little bit. A lot you of can't talent. Let him make, make mistakes. Yeah, exactly. But no, I think Auburn could surprise people. I mean, again, they've got the roster for it. They, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm much higher on Brian Harson than you are. Okay, I like enough. him. I think he's gonna be there. But that's why we made the bet board game and. I've got him there longer than four years. Any other uh, storylines from the SEC? That you're- yeah, I think it's going to be cool to watch. Or cool <laughs> for us from afar. Uh, Tennessee this year—they lost so many players. Most sure. in uh, the group of, or in uh, Power Five, twenty-five players transferring away. And as we said, some teams—that's not a good sign. Some teams—it's—it's it's not the worst thing in the world. For Tennessee, it's terrible. They're completely hitting the reset button. So my whole thing is: can they keep this on the tracks this year? Are they, is it going to crash and burn? Yeah. Or can Tennessee find some way to? to get some wins and make things happen. And like I said, that second team in the East is going to be really interesting to me. You know, it's going to be Florida, Kentucky. I think I mentioned that briefly earlier. I think Kentucky could be that team to kind of break through this season and have, you know, get some of those wins. And if there are going to be a couple wins to be eaten up, you know, those mid-level wins against Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, maybe not Vandy, but, you know, maybe Tennessee. I think Kentucky could be the team to kind of get those wins, collect those wins. For sure. Um, I'm not sure if they have all of them on their schedule, but you know what I'm saying? With those kind of mid-level conference wins, Kentucky could be the team to get those. So Yeah, I love Kentucky. Yeah, besides that, you know, not a whole lot for storylines. I mean, Mark Stoops done a great job there. They got the new quarterback transfer from Penn State, Will Levis, who's going to be the starter. And talk about two massive tr- uh, transfers for them. They get, uh, what do we got? Oh. Beep boop. Um, they, got, they got Will Levis, the quarterback transfer from Penn State. They're bringing in a wide receiver transfer from Nebraska. He was the number one uh, wide receiver target, Wandale Robinson. He was massive for Nebraska. He leaves, and they're bringing in a new offensive coordinator. So Kentucky, the last few years under Mark Stoops, been a really tough defense, and they've been like a grinded-out, run-the-ball offense that really hasn't been exciting. They bring in this new offensive coordinator that's been with the Los Angeles Rams with uh, – who's the Los Angeles Rams? Mike uh, Sean McVay. Sean McVay, thank you. And it's an exciting offense. It's not like spread them out, but it's like this – you know, they run that uh, that zone read – uh, or excuse me, uh, zone uh, 
option zone, re- it's like where they run the, the zone to the edge a lot of what, what, what zone blocking excuse mm-hmm. me it's a zone blocking scheme i think with will levis and the new the new you know uh guys in on the offense i think kentucky actually could score some points this year and they're going to have a good defense so like you said you know they're going to be a team to watch wouldn't be that surprised if they were to you know if, if things go bad for Georgia and they pull an upset and they actually win the East. I mean, that would be quite an achievement, a little over the top. I mean, I don't necessarily have, I think I see that happening, right? but I think they could be one of those teams. Like we said, if they get those wins, things go the right way. Kentucky could be the kind of dark horse team that no one's talking about. For so. sure. How about uh, exciting players you're uh, looking to watch? Oh, Will. William. Will. Not you, Will. <laughs> We're talking Will Rogers. Ooh. The quarterback for uh, Mississippi State. Yeah, probably going to throw like 50 touchdowns. Well, in the if first couple weeks, well. yes, I think so. Uh, Bryce Young, of course, Alabama. Yep. I want to keep my eye on him, like I said earlier. See if he's ready to go. I mean, I think, again, the whole everything I said about the interviews and what I've seen, uh, you have to kind of assume Nick Saban's going to have them ready no matter what. For but sure. I will be interested to see what Bryce Young looks like. Uh, running backs, Damian Pierce uh, for Florida. I think he's going to have a big season. Uh, Kevin Harris, South Carolina. We haven't talked much Gamecocks, but if, if they do have a big year, I think Kevin Harris will uh, will uh, put up some, some yards. Uh, Javante Dayton, uh, the, the uh, receiver for Tennessee. If there's one player, again, Tennessee could crash and burn this year. They could you know win some games, but if they do have uh, success, Javante Dayton, I think, is uh, going to be that player. Uh, Dontario Drummond for Ole Miss. Again, receiver who's going to, you know, I think, have a good year. And last... Middle linebacker for Vanderbilt. He's probably going to get drafted. One of the better defenders in the SEC. Anthony Orji. Mm. Okay. Orji? Uh, it's O-R-J-I. Mm. And I wanted to go to you, Will, because you are the house Orji expert. <laughs> oh, how, boy. Am I? How do you pronounce that? Oh, yeah. That's why you're always wearing the silk robes. Oh, boy. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you had a mustache you, last year. None of this is true. What else are you supposed to do with those fluid <laughs> hips? <laughs> yeah, those oily <laughs> hips, Will. Anthony Oji, middle linebacker Vandy. So Okay. I like it. Yeah, I'm excited to watch Derek Stingley, the corner at LSU. They got two really good corners there. Uh, Emery Jones, what's he going to be like at Florida with – uh, with uh, you know, he, he's replacing uh, Kyle Trask, right? And Dan Mullen does a really good job with quarterbacks. He could have a huge year. I mentioned Wondell Robinson at Kentucky, and then Tennessee. It sounds like Joe Milton might be the starter at, at uh, quarterback for Tennessee with Josh Heupel. He's a guy that transferred from Michigan, a guy I was kind of rooting for. Um, and so, you know, what, what is that Tennessee offense going to look like? So, those are my players there. There you go, uh, Tyler. You want to uh, a- after the ad read do a game? Yeah, let's get to a couple games here. I got some picks for Week Zero. Okay. I got some picks. Speaking of picks, if you want to make these bets too, you got to check out BetUS, onlinebetus.com. Every bet that you can pretty much make, they've got available on here. We're talking futures if you want to bet on the Heisman, if you want to bet on your team doing a conference, uh, any game lines. So today we'll be talking about uh, Nebraska-Illinois. And the current line is seven. So if you like Nebraska, you can bet on them. If you like Illinois, you can bet on them all on BetUS. And uh, it's a really easy process. You get your money in easy. You can get it out easy. You know, a lot of places, it's tough to get your money out. Not BetUS. They'll send it right on back whenever you need. Uh, Put in promo code TAILGATE when you're signing up. That helps us out. Let's know that we sent you. And also, uh, you get 125% deposit bonus. So you put 100 bucks in. Before you know it, you got 125 extra in your account. Now, be careful because 25% of it goes to the casino. So it's really a pretty much 100% deposit bonus. But that's still great. You put in 100 bucks. Before you know it, you got 200 to play with. And uh, I've used a lot of sports books. BetUS is one of the best out there. Online, BetUS.com. Use promo code TAILGATE. 
for sure. All right, well, we got some week zero games, Tyler. And uh, I think you got three best bets to give out? I got three. All right, well, let's start with the big one. So, <laughs> so it is... You, you, do you like any of these games or not? Which Oh, I love any these Any of these games. week zero games. Yeah, for sure. Look, Nebraska-Illinois is going to be, as far as week zero games, that's super exciting to me. So we got Nebraska going on the road to Illinois. Seven-point favorite, as you said. The total right around 55 right now. Look, you know, if this was Lovey Smith's Illinois, you know, for the last few years... I think I would have been really interested to jump on them as a underdog pick because they are at home. Nebraska, typically a bigger program. They catch a lot of hype. You know, you look at the questions happening right now with the investigation with Scott Frost. But to me, I look, I think Adrian Martinez is a good quarterback. I think Nebraska, I think they could have kind of an up year this year. Now, what that means, I don't know. Is that 6-6? Six and six? Is that 7-5? and five? I'm not sure, but I think they do start off with a bang at Illinois. Illinois breaking in a new coach. They have a lot of starters coming back, but... Frankly, I don't have a lot of faith in Brett Bielema. He hasn't done a good job since he was at Wisconsin like a decade ago. And, you know, uh, Brandon Peters, the starting quarterback at Illinois, uh, I think he's a solid guy, but he's really just a game manager. He's not going to go out there and and throw you five touchdowns and win you a big game that way. To me, you know, the the seven number is tough. I especially like it if it drops below that to six and a half. But right now, if I have to pick, I'm going to take Nebraska, Nebraska minus seven at Illinois. Ryan, we got a bet board game. All right. We got a week zero bet board game. Yes. And uh, I just have so many question marks about Nebraska. Now, honestly, this handicap is more about Illinois. I'm I'm higher on Illinois than most people are. And the mm. thing is, when you bet on teams, you don't have to bet on teams because they're good. You bet on teams because they're worse than the market or because the average person thinks they are. And Nebraska... With all the with the distractions, and they're bringing back a decent amount of players, but the only issue is none of them prove themselves. They're all yet to do something, and I honestly don't know if Adrian Martinez is going to last this year. With the, you combine all of that, I don't have any faith in Nebraska. There's no reason why I think Scott Frost can get his team up to cover seven points on the road against a really hungry, really underrated Illinois team. And Will, you mentioned Brett Bielema. He hadn't coached in a while, and he hasn't had recent success. I heard an interview recently with him, and he has changed his tone. Now, he still wants to play physical football, and the good thing is Illinois is totally built for that. One of the better offensive lines in the Big Ten. They, they really are. And they're going to come out with a bang. They're going to be able to run the football, and they have so much good talent that's coming back. I think Illinois could be a surprise. And he said he wants to win now. He thinks he can win now. He's not going to wait around. These guys are excited. It's a totally different feel around Illinois. And I just think that Brett Bielema, I, I, I'm, I, I'm different on that. I'm excited for that. You could say also that this would have been the best team that Lovey Smith had by far. And that even goes sure. back to last season. So Lovey Smith didn't do the worst job ever. I mean, he kind of stumbled, you know, some years recruiting. But overall, this would have been by far his best team. And it's got to be disappointing for him to be like, oh, look at this. You know, finally, it all came together and he's not coaching there. As I said, very good offensive line. Brett Bielema is going to show us quickly how good and physical they can be. And I love Phil Steele's stock market indicator. It's kind of a corny little thing he does, but it's just looking at teams buying low, selling high. They're one of the top teams on there with a 2.0 rating. So uh, Phil Steele thinks they're going to be a very good team. 18 starters back, nine on both sides of the ball, so bounce there. And a senior quarterback, Brandon Pete. Okay, he's been working really well with Peters, Brett Sorry, uh, yeah, Brandon Peters. Thank you. He's been working really well with Bielema. He's talking about the offense, how he's learning it. I think this is going to be a surprise this year. And look, 
We're talking about a team that went 9-4 and four against the spread two years ago. 13 players back from that team. I'm up. I'm, I'm very high in Illinois. So I think they could be a live dog. I think Nebraska, you know, again, with all the distractions, if they get down in that game, if, if you know, I know Will likes Nebraska, so maybe not venturing on the money line, which is plus 220 on BetUS. But this could be one of those games to where if it is close, Nebraska says, here we go again, Illinois at home. Things could go their way. So I like Illinois plus seven. We got a bet board game there. Okay, love it. Yeah, look, you know, for me, I, I think the Nebraska defense, they're bringing back 10 starters. I think they're going to be a lot tougher this year. And, and Scott Frost is an offensive guy. And I think especially week one, when he has a lot of time to game plan, to look at, you know, uh, ways they can attack that. I think that Adrian Martinez, I just like him as far as game-breaking ability. You know, they do have some question marks at wide receiver. Um, but I think that, I know you're saying Brett Bielma, it's, he wants to kind of change it away from just purely smash mouth, run the ball, but they do want to be a tough team. But to me, I just think that they'll be able to hone in on that offense. I don't think that Illinois' offense is going to have, you know, a lot of flashy things you can do. I think they're just kind of a grinded out team. And that presents opportunity to me for Nebraska to kind of, you know, jump on them early and then force Illinois into a throwing scenario. So, I would lean under as well. Yeah, under 55, the 55 seems pretty high. So, yeah. Fair right, there you go. Bet board. Wanna, yep. Love right, it. What do you think of uh, Hawaii at uh, UCLA? Uh, man, this is a tough one. Look. So current line, uh, UCLA minus 18 minus, at home. Okay, so it's jumped o- up from over 17. Under, yeah, over under is uh, 68. Yeah, six. I mean, that's a big number too. Look, uh, both of these teams, especially last year, I felt like they were pretty good teams you want to bet on as an underdog. Hawaii, usually pretty good underdog team against the spread in these scenarios, but a lot of that has to do with a lot of time they're at home and you have teams that are traveling to Hawaii to play this. And Tower mentioned it earlier, you know, normally if this was middle of the season, Hawaii travels to LA, that's, you know, that's a more of an advantage for UCLA. But since it's week one, they can probably get there a lot earlier, get accustomed to the time change. So I don't think that's a huge deal. To me, this is about UCLA is going to have better talent than them at basically every single position. Uh, I love the U- UCLA's offense last year was a monster during Thompson Robinson. They got uh, Britton Brown at running back. They got a lot of weapons at wide receiver. They were scoring a ton last year. That wasn't the problem. It was the the defense rule. It was giving up a lot of points. They bring back a ton of stars this year. You know, the uh, UCLA and Chip Kelly has been a team that I have not wanted to bet on. I've been betting against them, you know, his first few years. But this is the year where I really think that he does turn it around. I think Chip Kelly gets things back in order. I know it's a huge number at 17 or 18, but I think they want to make a, a point out of this game. I think they want to score a lot of points ahead of that LSU game that they have coming up after that. Um, to me, it's it's a really big number and it scares me, especially now that it's crept up to 18 and not 17. If you can get it at 17, I especially love it. But I'm not going to take Hawaii here because I truly believe that UCLA can blow them out. I think they can. I think their defense can can stymie Hawaii. I think I'd be looking at probably under and taking UCLA minus 18. We got a bet board game. <laughs> I figured we'd have a few this week. And uh, look, I like UCLA this year. I actually love UCLA, but it's just funny, Will. I feel like you you always take these heavy favorites. And you always do this, but don't you think? I mean. We uh, everyone knows UCLA has a better team. Like UCLA is sure. clearly the better team. They're playing at home. The travels incorporated in here. My whole thing is, I'm excited about Hawaii. You know, it's like I think Hawaii is going to be a good team this year. I don't know. Is it just me? You're a big uh, Warriors guy. Make make Warrior some guy. noise out there if you're excited about Hawaii. Todd Graham in his second year. Todd Graham's a good football coach. Okay, mm-hmm. Hawaii wants to get back to winning in his second year. He's finally got that new culture. The players are totally buying in, and similar to Illinois. I want to bet on these kind of teams because I think they're undervalued early in the season. Uh, I know this is kind of corny, but 
Todd Graham instituted this TTH. They all wear on the T-shirts. It's tougher than hell. And the players, I mean, look, it's just a good winning football culture that you don't always associate with Hawaii. So to me, it's one of the biggest, most exciting things for a Hawaii fan or for a Mountain West fan. They mm. could be good this year. And speaking of the Mountain West, these preseason rankings I'm looking at from Phil Steele and Pro Football Focus College, which is a new emerging kind of analytics website that I like, they're all about Hawaii. They think they've got the fourth best O-line in the Mountain West, second best defense. Uh, in, in the entire Mountain West, number one secondary, so they're going to be able to stop the, the run or stop the pass. They're talented. Like we all just assume Hawaii plays this really average style of football, and they can't show up for these kind of games. These players are going to be really hungry, and I think LSU may be looking ahead, maybe looking past oh, this. Uh, oh, UCLA, you mean? Thank you. I think uh, yeah. U, uh, UCLA looking may be towards. looking. Thank you. Yeah, 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 to the LSU game and looking past this, and even if they're not, and they come and blow them out, we could be looking at starters sitting in the second half of the game and not wanting to screw anything up because Chip Kelly knows. All right, we're up by thirty. You know, we sit some of our guys. A couple touchdowns come in, and all back of a sudden. Door. Exactly. So I don't think the back door. I know. I don't think we're (laughs) going to necessarily be looking at any situation like that because I do think Hawaii is a lot better than people think they've got. uh, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but they've got a lot of people coming back. Very older, uh, experienced, talented receivers, running backs. Oh, here, here it is. Offense. Eight starters are back. Defense. Everyone's coming back. Every starter on defense is back. And uh, I, I think Hawaii could end the season. Uh, with a much better record than than people think. So I'm up on Hawaii. I think they're going to have a good year. And I think this is going to be the game where they let everyone know that they're going to you know make some noise in the Mountain West. You don't get that many TV games in the Mountain West. You don't get that many opportunities to show how good you can be. Week one, which is when you want to get these teams usually, Chip Kelly, who I still have, you know, he's got to prove it to me, 18 points is a lot. So we'll take Hawaii plus 18. I love it. Two bet board games. Look, you know, I, I it's not that I want to hammer the favorites here i know nebraska is the favorite ucla is a heavy favorite that number scares me i put a lot into the coaches i'm really i don't have a lot of faith in bielma and i don't have a lot of faith in todd graham he really didn't do well at arizona state you know i mean at that point he has a pac-12 team and he's struggling against pac-12 teams the idea that he's going to go to hawaii and all of a sudden be able to light it up against who i think is going to be one of the best teams in the pac-12 probably top top four team in the pac-12 they could win the pac-12 south in my opinion so to me, this is less about you know wanting, thinking that UCLA is is you know such a favorite that they can just cover this. It's I, I'm not willing to bet on a coach like Todd Graham or Brett Bielma until I see that they can prove to me that you know they can win these games. Yeah, I mean Todd Graham didn't ever have a great year, but here's his records at Arizona State. He went eight and five, ten and four, ten and three, six and seven, five and seven, seven and six. So, I mean... Starts look, off hot, maybe. And yeah, yeah, but, but not necessarily that. I mean, I just think that he's well above average, and he's the kind of coach who can get things back on track at Hawaii. Arizona State was never a, a great school. I mean, what did people say when Herm Edwards got hired? Yeah. I mean, can he finally get players there, so on and so forth? But I don't think Todd Graham's that bad of a coach, and if he is going to install this whole tough-as-hell thing, again, I don't usually like to bet on little gimmicky bullshit like that, but I think it's the overall message and that Hawaii is coming back and they're playing some football. So. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, we got two uh, bet boards. I love it. And we may have three. Let's see what you think of this handicap. We okay. still could have one more out there if you want to pepper three games in there to start things off. All right, so this game is New Mexico State hosting the UTEP Miners. Uh, current line, UTEP minus nine, over under 54 and a half. Now, UTEP, I actually like UTEP this year. Um but I don't get the UTEP love in the market. I don't understand why they're such heavy favorites. You look back the last couple of seasons, three years ago, one win. Two years ago, 
one win. Last year, three three wins, but two of them against FCS opponents. I haven't seen the progress that those supposedly these these uh, uh, transfers and you know new players they've recruited in are supposed to, to to change. So I just don't get all the hype that I'm seeing in the market. Everyone else seems to be up on UTEP and you know up not thinking they're going to win the conference. But this nine and a half, or it was nine and a half earlier. This nine is a big number. Uh, they lost their leading tackler. They lost their best cornerback. They lost their second leading rusher. They have a lot to replace. So nine points on the road, it all comes down to New Mexico State. They've been a bad team for quite a while, but I don't think they're this bad. Doug Martin is entering his ninth year. He knows his team very well. This is arguably the best team of his entire career. And you could have said that about last year's team. They're bringing back a lot. But New Mexico, because of their state law, they didn't practice for 415 days. Wow. So they played, they were one of those teams who played spring ball, remember? Yeah. So they played in the spring. They had 35 practices in two games in the spring. So not only did they finally get together and start, you know, playing finally, again, that layoff was New Mexico law. They had two games and they did all after every other team had gone home and they were sitting around doing nothing. So New Mexico State's played recently. They've got a lot of timing together. And every single, every single contributing player, both offense and defense, except for one cornerback, is back. I know it's New Mexico State, but against the spread, especially at home, they're not that bad. It's much better than they are in other situations. So I think it's a weird environment. UTEP on the road in New Mexico, first week, huge favorites, which UTEP... The last time they're, you know, nine point favorites on the road, they don't excel in the situation. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're going to go New Mexico State. I know it's not, you know, a team that a lot of people Aggies. like to bet on. The Aggies, plus nine. Uh, what do you think, Will? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm definitely not going to go against you on this one. I don't like either of these teams, to be honest with you. You know, Doug Martin, the head coach at New Mexico State, he's been a head coach for like 15 years, only had one winning season <laughs> at all the schools he's been at. Yeah. But I don't have a lot of faith in UTEP either. And the reason why I think I'd probably lean with you on that number is that, uh, you know, if you're not familiar with that region, Las Cruces, where New Mexico State is, is like 30 miles from El Paso. It's really close. So these are real, these are legit rivals. Um, El Paso, really close to there. I think this game could be kind of gritty and, uh, you know, maybe hopefully exciting to watch. It's week zero. I'm definitely going to be watching. Um, but no, I'm not willing to go against you there. So we'll just stick with the two bet boards. All right. We got two. And once again, I'm on the underdogs both yeah, times. Dogs, he's a dog. <laughs> Look, I'm not always going to be picking favorites, but this week we are. So, uh, all right, Ryan, uh, are we good with the games? Yeah, that's no more it. Games? We, that's all we, we got, got this game week. Music? No, we got a game. I got one more game. Oh, he's got a game. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. game music. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, a little game show. All right, let's, what do we got? Let's wrap things up with the game. Remember, I said I had two games. That's today. right. That's right. Because it's the preseason. Yep. I'm bringing back a uh, a classic, old school classic. This is a college football. I don't know. You, you what do you think? Is that I think a little louder, actually. Oh, that's nice. That's some good music. Yeah. All right. So this is a classic. This is a college ball tailgate old school classic. Real or fake? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't get any realer than this, right? Real or fake? All right. So, so here's how it works. <laughs> I give these guys... We always do this because early in the year, week zero, week one, you get weird schools usually, okay? So we get some strange mascots. So... Ooh. Real or fake mascot, mascot edition. Oh, I love this. Okay. Yep. This is great. All right. Real or fake? Charlie Choker. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us a hint on what this like mascot is? Uh, he's a choker. <laughs> well, no, but is he like a bird or something? I can't. I can't give any okay. description. I'm real. I'm going to go fake. 
That is real. Nice. <laughs> Charlie Choker is the mascot of the Grays Harbor College. Oh, boy. Yeah, and I don't know what he Do is. Do they have even sports teams there? What is he a mascot of? The Charlie Choker. <laughs> Charlie Choker. Right here, I let, mean, let's see. I think Charlie. that was a nickname for me when I was going through middle school or something. <laughs> <laughs> mascot Charlie Choker. A choker setter or a choke setter is a logger who attaches cables to logs for revival by skitters I mean, or skylines. A mascot you can get behind <laughs> if ever there a lot there of was. words we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, Certainly uh, riles the people up. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on. Yeah, Ooh. next one. All right, real or fake? Speedy the Geoduck. Speedy the Geoduck. Speedy the Geoduck. I'm going to say real on that one. It sounds familiar. I'm going to say real as well. You guys remember this from last year. This is a recycled one from last oh, year. It? That is real. Uh, Speed of the Geoduck. Evergreen State. Oh, okay. Evergreen Lo- State. Washington. Love our, uh, love our listeners up in Evergreen State. Shout out. Yeah, shout out. All right. Next one. Real or fake mascot? The Fighting Pickles. Oh, that's fake. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be fake. That's real. No way. That is a real college. The Fighting Pickles, the North Carolina School of Arts. The Fighting Pickles. Will, look it up. School of Arts? Yes, look it up. But do they have sports teams? (laughs) I don't know. Like, it's not a sports mascot. It's just a... It's Pickle Rick from Rick and Morty. (laughs) North Carolina. It's still a mascot. I mean, do you have to have a football team to have a mascot? I guess you're right. No, you just have to have a school. Tyler's digging into, like, community colleges. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You have to, for real or fake. Yeah, the Fighting Pickle. Okay. Three real so far. Yes. All shockers. The Fighting Pickles are real. Okay. All right, next. The deviled eggs. That's fake. That's fake. No one is going to name their mascot after a fucking deviled egg. It's fake. <laughs> yeah, fake. That is fake. Thank you. I mean, yes. someone even knows after a pickle. All right, <laughs> next one. Uh, Alfie the antelope. Ah, uh, real. Fake. That is fake. Wow. That is indeed fake. Alfie the antelope is not a mascot. All right, uh, Kenny the keg. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be real. It's a college. Right? Real. That is real. That's Dartmouth's unofficial mascot. No Go into Ivy League here. Dartmouth doesn't have a normal mascot? Well, I don't know about normal, but Kenny the Keg's their unofficial <laughs> Kenny, mascot. Okay. Yeah. Kenny, the, Kenny the Keg's the one who writ, wrote their Wikipedia page. Yeah. All right. Next one. Scrody the Nads. Oh, that's <laughs> fake. That's so fake. That's fake, but I wish it was real. That's real. No way. That's real. The ro- look it up right now. Scrody the Nads, Rhode Island School of Design. Oh it's, yeah, yeah. Rizdy. It's a Scrody in a like it's what you would think it is. Oh my god. Scrody the Nads. Balls. He's he's truck nuts. It's, he's a, a, it's a sealed bag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, next, Wilfred the Lone Wolf. Ah, uh, <laughs> fake. Real. That's fake. fake. Yeah, it's a fake mascot. Wilfred. Wilfred not is a not wolf one. name. All right, last one. Tree. The Stanford tree. That's real. There we go. Uh, yeah. Nice. Real. Nice. Yeah. I thought you guys were going to say, now who the hell would name Job their school well. after a tree? Stanford. That's who. Tree. Smart people. Smart people like trees. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys go. There's uh, another edition of Real or Fake. That's good. I had to bring it back before the season started. I love it, man. Look, yeah. we're, we're, we're back into the grind. We got uh, We got football this weekend. Uh, we got uh, week one coming up. We'll be previewing week one next week. So make sure you guys stick with us. Follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. We'll see you next week. <laughs>